everybody. I'm your host, Sasha Gray. And I'm another host, uh, David Guy Levy. Another one. And we have another special guest this week, Fred Stoller. Fred Stoller. Fred Stoller. Oh my god. Welcome. I'm face down. I feel like it's a, a setup, like in Boardwalk Empire. He's, He's on to us. Send the masseuses in before he knows Let's too do much. It. Hurry! Uh, Bring it in! Gosh. Something's gonna be bad, but thank you bolt. for having me. Don't oh, it's a pleasure. I can get this, the is, door. this is what I'd be doing on a Sunday afternoon in my apartment, just laying face down on my bed with my cat on my back. <laughs> <laughs> Depressed, killing time. But this is, a, this is the most perked. Uh, Perkville podcast I've ever done well, so far. Well, today you have Sandra working on you, Fred. Uh, Hi. Joe's in the studio oh, working I, on me, and then we have Cleopatra, new to the program, working on Sasha. Hello. Don't don't get freaked How's out, Sandra. I, this is a Dr. Jew issue. I, okay. My scabs, but there's nothing. <laughs> I, so, Fred, we want to ask, you know, usually our guests to introduce themselves and let us know uh, how they like to explain themselves to the world. Uh, so who is Fred Stoller? Wait a second. I'm s- sort of caught up. And s- oh, you're covering me in case because you can't stand to look at the scabs on my back. I asked Dr. Jew. I have OCD. I, I pick scabs. Oh, too much information. Um, what, what was the question? Who am I? Yeah, explain yourself to anyone at home who might not be familiar with you. Oh, to the to the listeners. Just the seven people who don't know. Actually, you know what I'm known for is. People, this is true, come up to me at the Grove or wherever I walk around aimlessly and go, are you famous? And I always say, if you have to ask, I'm not famous. But they, they, I have to explain to people, they go, I know you're someone, maybe, are you? Who are you? So I get that a lot because I sort of look familiar, but not one thing uh, besides Sons of Anarchy and Boardwalk Empire where I was gangsters. No, that's a joke because I'm a skinny Jewish guy. And um, why, why you, are you scared of something? You're doing it with a sheet, not, not touching. There's like a condom on my back. She's afraid to touch my back. It's like... I'm warming you up first. Okay. You're afraid to do skin on skin? <laughs> it, it takes away with the sheet on my back. Don't worry, it's the same it's, on this end. <laughs> yeah, I, the oils come out I later. Got, I, I, all right, yeah, the oil does it work through the sheet? <laughs> I um. So okay, answering your question. Um, yeah, I, 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 people ask me, and I have to explain to them where they know me from. So usually, you know, I, I, I list things, and it's, it used to be, well, Seinfeld. I, I played a guy. It's, uh, that Elaine was attracted to only because I couldn't remember her. I was Raymond's moronic cousin on Everybody Loves Raymond. I always say the difference between the cousin and the brother is $77 million. <laughs> like the, the brother would have been better. But did Brad Garrett get this? No. Oh, the sheet's coming off. I'm getting nervous now. Oh, no, not yet, not yet. She's just teasing me. Um, I uh, I was in Dumb and Dumber, just random things. Like if a black guy asked where he knows me from, I say rebound, little man. So just uh, was it the way – just my book called Maybe We'll Have You Back, it's because I've never been a regular. I'm like a – a nomad going, a foster kid going from show to show, hoping one keeps me on. So, just, uh, just, just schmucky waiters and cousins I've played. Just, 
Just stuff. And now this. Now this. So when did your book come out? Like a year or so ago. I, I first did a Kindle single that helped me get the book called My Seinfeld Year about uh, my tumultuous season working as a staff writer on Seinfeld. And it did pretty good. It was on Amazon as a Kindle single, these things they have. And it led to uh, expanding it to a full book. Uh, tumultuous season. Uh, well, you know, you you've seen Curvy Enthusiasm, right? Mm -hmm. Larry David is sort of like that. And like I'm a nervous guy. And I, I, I bumped into Larry David at my friend's surprise birthday party many years ago. And he goes, oh, you're a pathetic loser. You make me feel good because I'm not as pathetic as you. You know, and, and that's my Larry David impression. <laughs> because you could write on the show because you used the shitty things that happened to you. <laughs> and uh, stories. And one of the shitty things was working for Larry David. Now, he's all right. But he was kind of like I'd pitch an idea. Then he, I'd stand there and he'd go, how did someone like you buy a shirt? Oh, my God. <laughs> and, and they would just look at me like. So th that show was different than other sitcoms because there wasn't a table. You just sort of... Um, you're on your own, and uh, I'm glad I had the experience, but it was a kind of maddening experience for your first writing job to be on the biggest show in TV history, but no one's really helping you. You're on your own. One guy was trying to sabotage me. <laughs> a lot of mayhem. Uh, someone, how does that work? What, yeah. <laughs> sabotage. Well, this guy, this other writer, he goes, yo, bro, I'm going to help you out. I'll be your mentor. This is like Nam. I almost didn't survive last season. almost had a nervous breakdown. So he's pretending to show me the ropes, but he was kind of like sabotaging me so I'd be as miserable as him. And so you wouldn't maybe advance further than yeah, he was? Yeah, yeah. So you have that. And the, the, the foot is good. And so that, that Kindle book uh, got you to the, the other book? Yeah, helped get a book agent and... And other stuff. And uh, I, um, so you guys enjoying your massages? Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. I, yeah. Most, I, most men are, are a little intimidated to have a male masseuse, at least, you know. You know, it's a hear, psychological but... thing. Like, you want, like, a woman nurturing, attending to you, because I never had that with my mother, <laughs> you know, or any kind of, uh, Anything good or Oh, good, because I have daddy issues, so this is perfect. <laughs> My mother... So it's nice when a... Yeah, it's, it's, I guess it's the same thing if uh, they're cutting your hair. No, I have a male. But that's a bad analogy. I, <laughs> I, uh, you know, there's a weird thing. With, I was telling you before this that I'm hoping this is good because I've had a few massages... And it kind of hurt, and it wasn't like, oh, my God, if I had all the money in the world, I'd have a masseuse with me all the time. I hear people say that. But it wasn't like that. You know what? You know no, who would want to have a masseuse with them all the time? I feel people, like Dustin Hoffman, people have their it's own like masseuses. People get married, and then they're miserable. I feel like, you know, if I had a permanent masseuse, I couldn't, you know, flirt around as much. What are you talking about? You almost do, David. <laughs> <laughs> I change it up. I keep things yeah, interesting. I'm up. a swinger when it comes to getting rubbed. That's true. That's true. I, I'll you know, it's, it is, you know. I do have a love of my massage life, though, but uh, she's not here today. It's, um, are you afraid of my back, by the way? No. Oh, because I have, no, I, no, it's mm. nothing. It's, um, 
No, it's also, there's two things. When I used to hang out at Catch a Rising Star, a comedy club in Manhattan, and there was this one creepy guy that, wasn't a comedian, but he would walk around and almost like pop up on waitresses and, and women and start, you know, you know what? It's like you're grabbing their shoulders, like, and they're moaning in ecstasy. So, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? When Some you have guys the license. Think that's their move. Yeah, yeah. And it's sort of like you can't, like, rub their breast or anything, but they're moaning <laughs> just as much as if he'd be touching them. So, I tried that and a woman screamed I was choking her, but. <laughs> I, there's something, you know, it's almost like I associate it with foreplay where, uh, you know, where, hey, rub my back, I'll rub hers. And then I'm, I'm not talking about masseuses. I'm talking about with women I've been with. So that's almost the bet. You know what I mean? Where, so why this is um, not particularly good. <laughs> it's your, you, you associate it with. Something uh, leading to things, a foreplay, like positive in in leading to sex, but right. So your so this is like a big. It's a big blue ball. No, um, it's <laughs> it's it's no. But this is it's good. It's um no. But you know, you know, to me is the ultimate hedonistic thing. If I had all the money, I would have someone. Because I'm, I, you can't say the word retarded anymore. I, I learn, and I don't mean anything, but, but. I can't shave. I'm moronic that way is a better word. I, I cut myself. I can't do the thing. I hate looking at myself close. So I would every three days have someone shave me. And when I pay to get a shave, that is great. It feels good with the hot towels. And th that to me would be – unless um, – what's your name? I'm sorry, the lady doing my leg now? Sandra. Unless Sandra makes this the most amazing thing in the world – I, I think, uh, to me, my choice of hedonism would be a um, someone to shave me every few days. That's an interesting right, I'm talking one. too much. I'll shut up. <laughs> no, it's <laughs> I. You're also a man. You don't have to worry about shaving like women do. So women are better at shaving because they have to learn when they're younger how to do legs and armpits. Probably. Yeah, because I cut my face every time I try. So I just do an electric. It's never close. But it feels so good doing the the when someone does the. I I went to this hipstery place where I usually go, but I didn't feel like going in traffic to Beverly Hills to this old Italian place that shaves my face, and it was these guys with all these tattoos on their neck. They all looked the same, <laughs> and they were playing craps and dice and screaming yo. And one guy. You know, he didn't know how to do it. My my neck was bent the wrong place. And he kept going, I'll cut you, dude, if you move. And it wasn't What? Yeah, he goes, hey, you move, you get cut. Not threatening me, but meanly <laughs> like a gangster, but meaning, hey, don't move, dude. You'll, get, I'll, you'll bleed. So that didn't get a good Yelp review. <laughs> I was just going to say that. Write that one on but Yelp. This, this is good. The feed is good. So Cleopatra's new to the show, uh, Sasha. What's she, what's she doing to you? What, is she worth our time, or is she messing? So far, missing the mark. So good. My back is really tense, and she's digging her elbows into my crevices. <laughs> okay, okay. Let's take a step back. I said back the crevices of my back. No, you didn't. You just said crevices. <laughs> I said my her elbows are in my back, <laughs> or maybe it was in my mind. Is there any um? Stuff you could pour on me? 
<laughs> Is that a stupid thing to ask? Milk bath. No stupid questions. Massage oil? I'll get there. Okay. Oh, I, <laughs> okay. I was... Uh... Easy, you two. We have even an hour here. Let's try not to kill each other. <laughs> but this is a great meeting you, Sasha and Joe. Great. Uh, what, David? <laughs> <laughs> Good to meet you too, Fred. But David, you know, they. he said it's David, and I go, I'm in. <laughs> but Sasha's going to be there too. I go, all right. I guess. <laughs> yes, so. It's the old bait and switch. Right. I, it's just... Uh, so I, I was telling you before that... Um, also, on the subject, you know, with pornography, I'm not as versed with stars these days. I like these little fake reality things, even though I know they're fake. Like Bad Girls Club or have you well, seen Well, I like these things where you pretend, yeah, they're college and it's initiation, which you know it's not. But but I still pretend it oh, is. Oh, like the scenario uh, videos. Yeah, and there's one with massages either... The woman's getting the massage, and she's so turned on. He goes, "Do you mind if I turn around?" Oh yeah, and 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 even though I know it's a an actress in the thing, I still like the reality. Like Sasha, I'm sure you you're one of the biggest, but I like the fact that you think these are regular people. If that makes any sense, just uh, there was this one guy. Yeah, we call that fetish. It's your so fetish. My, my fetish is... It's a stranger fetish. Is, no, just like like I said, the fact that... Oh, I don't know what I'm saying. But there was one I had where CFNM, closed female, naked male, <laughs> where like, like, like women really go to strip clubs and start going down on the stripper and pushing each other out of the way and, and going, give me him. But you believe that... You want to believe women go this wild, but... It's all made up. Yeah, it's always a letdown on you when you do some research. How was this movie made? How did it come together? Oh, who, who had the idea? What was the genesis of this video? Well, no. you know, we. Uh, well, I'm sure. I'm sure strippers have the same competitive nature that the guy in the writing room had with you, where it's like, let me show you the ropes. Oh, you had that. I don't mean you were a stripper. I mean, but in porn, do they have that competitive? I'm sure. Yeah, I guess I've heard stories. I I don't think I ever suffered from that because I um right. I didn't I I sort of kept to myself and I only had a few friends off the right. set. Right. And you um, made it pretty quickly right away. That's so, true. You were you were you, you were, were in the trenches. Yeah, you were pulled pretty quickly. Now, I who did I talk to? Yes. Oh, by the way, Sasha, someone says hello. Oh, and I don't remember his name. <laughs> he cl- all right. This is this, we, hey. when I describe him, you're gonna know who he is, because he was bragging. Oh, he's gonna listen to this, so um, I'll try to use nice adjectives. Um, he's made the most money in porn for not doing sex or nudity. He's the biggest character actor. What? I know. To me, it's like something you would self anoint yourself. Who? Ron Jeremy? No, no, no. This guy, and if you see him, well, actually, he looks similar to Ron Jeremy. But you would, if he said to you, now, guess which I made the most for, be, being paid to have sex on camera or being paid to keep my clothes on and be a character actor, you would pick the latter one. Uh, is his name James? 
James Watt. I can never remember. It starts with a B, like Bartholay or something. So that might be. He's, again, he he looks not like George Clooney. I'm trying to be nice. He's going to listen. Um, um, he, but I don't think there's many character actors in porn these days. Like, oh, you're so good. You're so funny. You, I mean, they, they, if they're if they're trying to be funny, they're you know in the movie being having sex. Right, and then who wants to laugh while they're trying to? Yeah, have sex. Right. They, no, it's uh, the bar was very low back when they with Ron Jeremy. Oh, he's the funny guy in porn. You know. I think he became the funny guy in porn. I don't know. Well, I, I wasn't there, wasn't right. born, but I, from my understanding, it's like he just became that when he was too old to keep to keep writing. He but even before, even in the eighties, he was doing these you know silly jokes like, "Hey, oh, please do me." Which, oh, really? Okay. Yeah, which is not that funny, but <laughs> you know, like you know, begging, "Oh, please, please," and that was like the funny joke. Huh. Okay. It's. I just um, got schooled. He what? I just got schooled on my porn oh, man, history. I could, the things I could teach you. <laughs> oh, but the the guy the guy that I, I was talking to last night, I think said it's a what people always ask him about fluff, and he goes, "There's no such thing as fluff girls." In no, porn. there's not. Yeah, that's the most disappointing thing I ever learned about porn. Not that like all those like setup videos were fake, but like the fact that a fluffer existed. I was like, that is the most interesting job I've ever heard of. Why is that? I don't know. It's just like that is your sole purpose on, on a job is to be the person who just fluffs. Well, I think it's like vi- the extension of it's an extension of the fantasy of what happens on set. Yeah, I think that it's exactly it reaches out directly to the people who right. want to be involved. You know, I used to have this fantasy that like I'd be the only way I could like uh, masturbate to like celebrities, which I could only you know pleasure myself if it's someone I've been with before. It had to be something that I could see happening. Even my fantasies huh. I'm so pathetic. <laughs> I couldn't see it happening. It had to be someone I've been with or someone not that attractive. I'm attracted to people not very, well, I shouldn't say that. No, no. That I think are obtainable because, like, I don't, I don't, you know, fantasize I'm going to walk on the moon or beat up George Clooney in a movie. They have to be things that could happen. So, but then I would used to have fantasies. Oh, me and Ali Sheedy uh, are in a movie and we get carried away. So, is that what you're talking about? That it, it gets carried away, and you know that you heard the stories. Nicholson and Jessica Lange really had sex in their movie because they just kept going. <laughs> really? Yeah. Can't be stopped. Which movie? The postman always rings twice. Ah. Uh. So, um, what what are uh, some other? Wives' Tales and Pornography Fluff Girls. That's a big one. Um, I actually once watched a scene live. Oh, really? Yeah. um, Do you want to hear the story? No, please. We have an hour to fill. Oh, no. But uh, you guys got to talk about your week. I I read the the, the protocol. (laughs) We got to say, what's our beef this week, right? (laughs) What's our beef this week? Little theme music comes up. What's your beef? What's your beef? This guy recognized me, and he said he he shoots porn, and I had just seen a documentary on TV about the company, which I, I, it wasn't my kind of stuff. Like they humiliate women. That woman pretends to be in a wheelchair and they rape her. Whoa. Extreme video. You've heard of this? Oh. No. 
And he said he thought I could help him in his career. <laughs> I always meet people. Hey, I got a screenplay. I like you. A great. He goes, can you help me get it done? Well, I thought you could. Yeah, I'd be my. So he 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 brought me to I can read words set. on camera. Yeah. 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 So I had to watch this DP scene <laughs> live, and and I was then he had me hold like a. Uh, a light by them. I had to help out. So it was really weird. And you said, wait a second. Well, he did this thing where he made it like artsy, like it was a, there was a security camera up in the, the corner and made it look like a robbery. And I had to sit with him after and make sure I was edited out, like holding the, the lights because I was in it and I didn't want to be. But did you enjoy the experience or did you feel like you just... It was or used. It was weird because, um, um, like, hey, you want, I have a script. Hey, yeah, yeah. Can you, you want to be in it? No, I want well, you to help me make it. Hey, can you hold some? It was. It was some sea lights you know, for me. <laughs> I saw some of the things of porn, the the, the non glamour. Like there were two guys, and um, the dark side of porn. And one guy, you know, finished as you know they do, and he's sitting naked. On a stool, waiting for the other guy, just re- reading the paper, and just, and and the other guy, the woman's by, on her knees, you know, and and he's trying to finish, you know, I'm trying to keep it clean, and 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 the uh, the guy shooting it was like yawning and looking at his watch. The guy couldn't see it, and then like pointing to me, hey, can you help him out? And and finally, just a little bit came out. And he's going, oh, man, I usually do so much better. Did you get what you need? It's like how I am on a show. I'm so neurotic. Was I good? Was I good on the podcast? He kept asking for reassurance, you know, because <laughs> he goes, only a little, you know, and it was kind of sad. And the woman was saying, oh, I haven't gotten laid in so long ago. I just saw, oh, this doesn't count, and it's uncomfortable. And so it was, you know. So it ruined uh, some of the fantasy for you. Yeah, yeah. It just, it was, um... Did you cry uh, yourself to sleep? No, no, he's... Well, the guy, the guy who ran the company, I used to know from the 80s, uh, what's his name? Uh, Tom Byron. Oh, yeah. He's cool. Yeah, and he stocked me up with some VHSs, so it was cool. And, <laughs> and at the end, and he goes, give him the good shit. And uh, he recognized me from stand-up, and I said, I don't do it anymore. It's depressing. And I was trying to explain why comedy clubs are depressing. They're like strip clubs. And he's looking at me. I go, I'm trying to explain to a guy who's been in porn for 25 years why stand-up's depressing. He's looking like, <laughs> didn't make any sense. <laughs> Did you see this, uh, the final product? Did you get to watch it? And- I actually watched it scared. I would see myself in the corner and I dodged a <laughs> bullet. But the lighting was good. You, I did. Do you good think lighting. there's a link online we could we could tweet out that people can who are listening I could think watch it's, this? The guy's name was Slain Wayne. Um, I forgot what it was called. Uh, extreme. The premise was that these two guys were going to rob an office, which you always do. You go to rob an office with dildos. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. They had them as guns. Ever bring a dildo they, to a knife fight? They had masks, and the woman goes, "Hey, aren't you so and so? I was at a crush on you." And he goes, "All right." He takes his, his the scarf off his face, and the other guy says, "Why don't you screw now? You're flirting so much." And then, and then they screw, and he joins in, and uh, yeah. What kind of predi- was kind this? of predictable. 
Yeah, no, I like I grew up with seventies and eighties, and I liked women that um, you could see that were in your high school. You know, oh, you know, and yeah, that was me too. I was always like, who looks like my current crush in high school? Yeah, I mean, and, I, they're sort of like picking swatches at a paint store. Who's the closest to this? What would fit this room right now? But that's what I was telling Sasha. I liked, you know, no tattoos unless I miss some. I did my research, <laughs> and uh, for the show, I really studied, and or piercings, or you know, it's just like a not this hardened, you know, Sunset Boulevard, you know, rock and roll chick you know so yeah. you know it's funny you go you, you, your attractions go back to what you grew up with when I did stand up I'd be hitting on the waitresses well not really my my line was I'm not hitting on you I'm not a sleazy comedian I thought they'd all want me like this guy's not talking to us wow or I'd always like go out of town and ask them what's it to do in the area thinking they'd show me around and they wouldn't so so I'm attracted to black pants and white shirts waitresses stuff <laughs> There's a period when all I did was hit and date, hit on and date waitresses for a few years. Like my whole dating pool was just people who had waited on me, and I realized I only liked them if they were serving me food. Well, I'm such an idiot. I'm 50 years old. It, t- it took me to to realize a bartender was I thought flirting with me, but she works for tips. I'm still an idiot. <laughs> so this is good. Um. You've changed my mind about massages. It's uh, it's slowly gonna pass. The fantasy of having a shaver by my side. You <laughs> picture me walking around the grove. Hey, this is Antonio. He shaves me. But I am a millionaire, so he was with me all the time just in case. <laughs> just in case. Just in case. Yeah, he's my personal appears. shaver. You only need him every three days, Fred. Oh, well, you know. Keeps but this company. is great. Loving this. Ugh. So, Where'd you grow up, Fred? Brooklyn, Brooklyn, New York. I grew up. You know, around the time, Sasha, you too young to remember the movie Saturday Night Fever? I have seen it, but I will say, I saw it, um, my mom rented it because she wanted us to see it, and I don't know how many people know this, but Blockbuster often carried edited versions of movies, and sometimes... Yes, they did. What they... And sometimes they would only carry an edited version, and they wouldn't disclaim it. Oh, my God. And it really it was terrible, a terrible way of seeing movies. Especially in America. Like why You're I would like, boycott really? going there. But my yeah. mom brought it home and said, oh, great. I found an edited version. I was like, you just let me watch The Exorcist. Well, Walmart does you? that. <laughs> Walmart does that. In order to sell 100,000 units, you have to promise to make it you know, to their specifications. There are certain things that they won't huh. sell. So a lot of movies you know, will change a whole bunch. So, Sasha, you, um, since you're young, you, as uh, we talked outside, you were born when I moved to L.A., which a lot of, yeah. you know, um, a lot of young people don't know about the young Al Pacino or Jack Nicholson. You know, they just think of, you know, like Nicholson after as good as it gets or right. getting there was a whole, but yeah. So, oh, yes, I grew up in Brooklyn. And it's even though you could see Manhattan, it was a small town. And in Sunday Night Fever, they were so racist and small-minded, but the people in my neighborhood were so stupid, they emulated them more after Saturday Night Fever. They Ugh. became more stupider. Going, I want to be like that. And so I grew up in, like I said, a middle-class Jewish Brooklyn neighborhood. And, uh, and I was this depressed, <laughs> shy 
got paralyzed with fear what I was going to do with my life. I knew the real world wasn't for me, but I didn't know what I was going to do. And I was never funny, which I'm proving now. But um, but this is the funniest I've ever been getting massage. I have to brag. <laughs> I, <laughs> Agree to disagree. Well, right. No, no, meaning... No, you, you, no, sorry. And uh, <laughs> I, um, so I'd see weird character actors in movies and I'd identify with them, but I didn't know how you became a character actor. But then I went to a comedy club with my oldest sister and saw Richard Lewis and Billy Crystal before they made it. Wow. And and I didn't know about stand-up. It's not like it's now. Now it's like it's more uncommon if someone's not a stand-up. It's just so mainstream. It's like, you know, being a dentist or more common. But but I heard, oh, someone said you become a – you do your act at this club in Manhattan. Someone sees you, puts you in The Tonight Show, then you're on a sitcom. I go, all right, I only have to do it once. So then I started hanging out at comedy clubs, and even though I was pathologically shy, so I'd take this long D train to Manhattan from the outskirts of Brooklyn and just hang out with people like Gilbert Gottfried, Keenan Ivory Wayne, Seinfeld, Larry David. That was my era of... And Steve Buscemi tried being a comedian. Really? He used to call himself Stephen Buse. <laughs> and he was skinny like me, and his joke was he would take his shirt off and make muscles. And, uh, <laughs> then, then he was a great guy. Then he became a performance artist, and I saw him pop up, and so... What kind of performance art was he up to? I guess he would uh, make muscles. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't working at comedy clubs, but then he would just do... Uh, just... Just, yeah, I don't know, some underground scene, and he just started getting uh, some parts. Wow. So just hanging out at comedy clubs and the improv. And and the other one where the guy used to come around trying to, like, put women in ecstasy by massaging their shoulders. (laughs) Like, they're going to, let's let's continue this at home. Let's, uh, Let's go to your place. How old were you when you started doing that? Well, I had a full start when I was 17, but... Wow. Then I complete. I quit for three years, and at twenty, just quit college. My mother freaked out. Like you're so depressed. How are you gonna make people laugh? She, she could, you know, because comedy was more stereotypical. Like you know, Don Rickles, you know, old school. So again, I was very, like my mother would say, like I am now. You just lie face down. You're so depressed, you know. <laughs> so it made no sense to her. And but I quit college to just start hanging out at the comedy clubs, and there was the comedy boom of the 80s. And so I started making a marginal living and came out in L.A. in 88, like I said, when Sasha was born in in Sacramento. Yep, that's right. Wow. wow. Crazy. And, and what, I, did, uh, what did you go to college for? What were you studying? I, I went so my mother, to put my off my mother what I was going to do with my life. I knew I knew college wasn't for me because, I, I, again, I knew the real world wasn't for me. I knew I wasn't going to be a dentist or anything. But I went to Kingsburg Community College, which was a hard school to get into. You just had to do a few things on the application. It was, it was uh, liberal arts, but I just... I'd really eventually just quit to just because I was hanging out so late at the improv. Yeah. You know, one thing I actually, I'm just scratching myself so not to freak out the uh, the lovely masseuse and as, as the thing is creeping down more, but I don't care. Um, oh, you know, I, you know, when I start performing at colleges as a comedian, I kind of saw, I'd get teary eyed when the college 
committee would pick me up at the airport saying, that's what college is for. You learn, you know, community interaction. You know what I'm saying? I was so isolated having never had that, just hanging up by myself at comedy clubs. So, so it's a social education. Yes. You, huh. Yeah. So they, like I said, they're on the committee. They pick the comedian. They take him out to eat. They talk about who else is going to be there. And yeah, so you just kind of learn some skills that I never learned. Huh. Obviously, you no. don't go to college. Well, I shouldn't say obvious because you came out here when you were 18, Sasha. Yeah, I went for a very short period of time because I graduated high school early. And then during that stint in college is when I started thinking about moving down to L.A. So I didn't last long, and I and I moved to L.A. right after that when I was 18. Um, but you... Yeah, it's interesting because I can relate to that. You know, you're... When you're a teenager, the only social life you have or interaction you have is that of going to school mm-hmm. and whoever's in your neighborhood. And in junior high and, and early high school, um, I lived downtown for a while. So it was when downtown Sacramento was nothing but uh, politics because that's where the capital is. And bums. So it, it wasn't normal. It wasn't like a. it was when I was growing up where I would leave school and hang out with my friends. I was a little bit isolated as well until a few years later I moved back to the neighborhood I'm from. Um, well, yeah, but, and it's sort of like, um, yeah, isolation. And it's just like my adolescence was hanging out at comedy clubs. I was a virgin when I was a comedian. And I, again, I didn't know had to hit on a woman. I, 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 I remember I used to like take me an hour to, I didn't know what you're supposed to do when you go to the apartment. So I'd have to have reassurance we'd have sex, but it would take me an hour to muster the courage to say, are we going to, could we have sex? Because I don't know what you're supposed to do. <laughs> and when I think of it, I, yeah, I don't know, you put your arm around. I, I didn't know. But yeah, so it's, it's there's good things to starting showbiz, comedy, all this stuff early, but there is something to say about life experience and education stuff. But luckily I had material in conflict from my mother who – this is a joke, but it's true. She couldn't understand I was a comedian, so she'd go, I'm not going to tell people you're a comic. I'm going to say you're retarded. That was easier <laughs> to explain. But, um, but yeah, I, I really <laughs> – don't have didn't have the social skills because I was just hanging out with crazy people like Gilbert Gottfried all night and <laughs> just laughing and he'd be spitting at women at, through the window and just really nuts. yeah and I would like like enjoy hanging out with people like more messed up than me the way Larry David used me that's funny yeah I, I mean I like moving to LA and then sort of straight away traveling um and going around the world, like going to different conventions and uh, and meeting fans and all of these things, it's. I feel like I, I learned a lot more socially, uh, very quickly, um, than my than the rest of my peers and friends I grew up with. Oh, that's interesting. Getting out of L.A. Yeah, I mean, being here, leaving Sacramento, then coming here, and then within like six months, to a year, traveling and being all over the place is a pretty. Well, did it help? You mean perspective? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, me too, because, you know, even when I'm in Manhattan, you lose perspective here 
the enormity of how many people are in the world. But when you're in Manhattan, you just this you can't move without bumping into people. I go, oh, that's even though that's a dumb show I just did that Nickelodeon show, that live action. It's amazing anyone's on a set. You know what I'm saying? You lose perspective because everyone's bitching about their career or frustrated or comparing themselves. Mm -hmm. But you know what I'm saying? Is that sort of what you're saying or not at all? Well, a bit actually that a bit as well. Um, you can kind of see into the future like is this the person I want to become <laughs> or can I learn from other people but yeah you I definitely learned a lot from other people because a lot of the people that I was working with and socializing with were much older than me and also I've learned things like even though LA is demented ridiculous we're all the same. Like, you know, I'd always bitch, oh, I can't meet a woman. They're all actresses. They're this. When I worked in Pittsburgh, this woman saying, I can't meet a guy. They're all stealers in the steel business. So our Silicon Valley, they're all techies. They have Asperger's. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So we're all, yeah, we're different, but we're the same, you know? And so you may think, oh, well, there's this unjust superficiality about L.A., but then you get, then I do get teary-eyed when I see normal people like, oh, I, did I have to join the circus? <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, yeah, traveling with I my do too. I, I feel the same thing, you know, it's, whenever I see someone who took a more responsible path in life, oh. uh, I'm just like, oh, they're married, they have three kids. They're not looking for validation. On, they're not looking for validation on Instagram. <laughs> and they live in an affordable home in a, in a city with seasons. Yeah. And, you know, they... They see their parents on a regular basis, and they 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 communicate. Yeah, no, it's funny because I live, you know, I live at home alone, and I and I work from home. And when I when I'm working, I'm, it's about the the work, and it's not about the social interaction. And then I see my you know my cousins who have like jobs and families, and I'm like, oh wow, that's a completely different way of living. Yeah, and you you're not living or dying by these this ego based stuff or this you know tenuousness of. Yeah, this, the silliness. So it, it is good to uh, get out. And, and they're I, so jealous of me. They're like, whoa, what's it like to have all that freedom? <laughs> and I'm like, it's miserable. I, you know, <laughs> you know, it's funny. Like I used to live on this Stanley Avenue and next to a thing called the Villa Stanley. It's a place if you collect welfare, if you're mentally ill, you live there <laughs> and they don't act up. So I used to live one house down and I used to go, I'm like in the Villa Stanley Annex. I do what they do. I remember one time one went to the bagel store and the guy said, what are you going to do today? And she goes, go back, rest if tired. I go, that's what I do. You know, one guy's walking around screaming too much time on my hands, a <laughs> song. I go, but... Uh, uh, yeah, it's that's good. You travel and now, not till later in life, Sasha, have I had some regrets about things I would have liked to have learned. You know, education. But when you're young, these things. Like now, I enjoy learning history. But when you're in school, you yeah, this. You know, one thing I learned. Now, obviously, I keep saying you're young, but it's funny that. There's a, I, I sometimes hang out with this comedian. He's so young. He's 27, and I, I envy him. His whole life's ahead of him. And But then I go, when my life was ahead of me, I was depressed because I had anxiety because there's pressure. Your life's ahead of you. So it's kind of liberating getting older because in one way I don't have the big, big dreams, but it takes the pressure away. You know what I mean? Huh, so yeah. I think I couldn't learn when I was younger because I had anxieties. So do you have any things you, you wish you wanted to learn in school or – well, I actually loved school. Oh, that's, I was, that's so I, cool. Yeah, it was uh, – it, it 
which is, yeah, sometimes I actually do want to go back. What do you I, love about it? I just loved learning. I loved oh. reading. Um, I still love reading, but I enjoyed. It'd be funny. I see you. I see you in a few months. Hey, did you read my book? I'm not into reading. I'm not a reader. Hey, play the tape. <laughs> but uh... um, so yeah, I know. I just I loved school. I loved, I loved the competitiveness. I loved trying to be best. Oh wow! Um, until like my second year of high school, when I realized how messed up the California public oh, education system really is and your teachers don't care and you know because there's 10 kids that are assholes the kids that want to learn and are passionate they suffer as a result um so that kind of that made me a little See, bit bitter I had but i still love such school. anxiety because my mother would freak out well, if you fail you'll be a street cleaner because she failed in school because of some medical stuff so she put she my mother recently said when i went to school she, she was reliving the nightmare of school through me. So she installed in me growing up as a nightmare. Oh, God. So she... she That's uh, terrible. Yeah, so she... she School was a nightmare. It is a nightmare. She, she was right. She said she wasn't smart enough, so she freaked out. What if you can't keep up? So, yeah, to me, it was just abject anxiety school because my mom would go, what if you fail? Are you learning? Oh, and she would pay people to tutor me and inadvertently, like, give them money. Freddie's not bright. Help him. So God. the pressure to learn things. So, and I still had that anxiety, like, reading stuff, but now it's it's so nice when there's no agenda. I'm not I'm not learning this for a test or or if I don't. Yeah, it, the, the pressure, if I fail this test, I'll get left back and Get drafted and get killed, she would say. Well, it's funny. Whoa. It's funny you say that because I had two sisters who were overachievers, straight A's, uh, summa cum laude, Ivy League, and I was the kid who was getting C's and report cards saying he really needs extra attention. You know, he's not doing well. I don't think he gets it. And and you know, I'm still the one who knew what I wanted to do, and I'm the only one doing it. And everyone else is sort of like trying to figure it out. And so it's like all that education and they're just sort of sitting on it. But at the same time, uh, now uh, – and I hated school because I was constantly like – I thought I was underperforming. But now like I take classes in my free time because I want to, not because I'm told right. I need to be somewhere. Almost like – you know, it's similar to – I quit stand-up for like 17 years. It's it's hellacious. And But then I went back with my book because I went on this Jewish book festival, which I loved. They flew me to St. Louis, Atlanta, Detroit. And when I did stand-up comedy without an agenda, I'm not trying to have a DVD special or, you know, HBO special or headline. It's real fun huh. when you don't have an agenda, when you're just doing it. And that's the same thing with learning. There's no pressure. Like like I said, if I fail, I won't get into the school. So, And you just – you, I'm going to take your card um, – I, I'm bad with names, forgetting, but you've converted me. Uh, if the purpose of this podcast is to uh, maybe these guys work for you and, and you're going to have everyone. There was another podcast that got me into pot. I never smoked it or did it. Was it Doug Benson's podcast? No. Uh, <laughs> the Naughty Show, it's sponsored by this thing, Speedweed, where they give you samples. Oh, that's a great idea for a sponsor. Speedweed. We need to get a sponsor that's a weed dispenser. That's the thing. It's like pizza. Now It used to be $100 minimum. Now it's only $60, where I go, hey, let me have a few cookies and this. Then they call me back, oh, uh, you're a little bit under the 
minimum. You could take it down. I don't care. Oh, no. We're going to flip you on over now. Okay. You're going to flip me over. Mm -hmm. And um, and so I go, all right. It's like th like Chinese food. Th throw in a Coke, you know. And but uh, and it's, the, yeah, I'm doing a commercial for Speedweed now. But it's great. And they just deliver it right to you. And, <laughs> and I had. This is so bizarre. It is. Where it's like a pizza guy. And then oh he rings the, he comes over and. Am I doing this right? Can I scoot down a little bit? Okay. Yeah. And, uh, uh, it, and I, you know, I hate to sound hippie-ish, but it does open up your mind and about being in the now. And, and you know, like that's, they said in that movie I just saw, uh, Ben Affleck, the stuff that I obsess about is like background noise. So mm -hmm. I, I'd, I'd recommend this. Uh, I'm sure they'll, they'll, they'll make you a VIP, Sasha and, and David. And they, they just... You know, they have a website. Oh, my God. I, I'm going to call them and go, you, you. I'm. If you would have told me when I was 13. Yeah. That. It was like pizza. There was going to be weed shops all over California that you could just walk into with a license or a prescription, it's rather. amazing. It's in Colorado now. I, <laughs> not I would not have believed you. I would not have believed you at all. And now. Not only do we have shops all across our state, they deliver to and people. And they're like wine bars. They know their shit. And they have valet. I did this joke about, you know, yeah, when we're talking about things you never would think. I, I, this joke, it, it didn't get, doesn't get laughs, which I'm setting up perfectly now, but it's maybe clever. Uh, I'm old enough. I remember when water was free and porn wasn't. <laughs> that is actually, that is really funny. That's the quote of the whole series. Because so yeah. <laughs> I remember years ago, I'd need a fix and I'd, I'd either go to some liquor store and wait till people go away and buy a VHS. And then I would break it because I should talk to Dr. Jew. I have addictive personality. I, I, I have to not have the thing I'm addicted to around, so I'd keep watching the VHS. So I would smash it and, and put it. But then they would have, like, little places, like there was, you know, where I remember buying 40 bucks for a porno thing. And then I I, I don't mean to, like, you know, the red tube and, and put, you know, people out of business and stuff. But, but yeah, it's like, it's like uh, what's it called? Um, not J-dating. Uh What's the thing where you 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 alternate? Tinder? No, no. There's a thing where um, speed dating. You know, oh, you speed oh yeah. Dating. It's yeah. almost like that. With all right, you look around. All right, you have uh, this scenario, stripper scenario. This, this. All right, I'll I'll try this one. And yeah, you have all the stuff. So yeah, if you told me I, I could watch so much porn for free, but yeah, yeah. Sometimes, I mean, I keep being the old man, uh, Sasha. We, I don't. If you were around when when you would get two hundred dollar phone bills for long distance, oh yeah, yeah. If you you would tell me like, oh, unlimited for forty dollars, or you know, yeah. So, and again, the, the porn free, it's porn free. But uh, you know, I told this woman, Bonnie Rotten, a porn star. She goes, you got to be paying for it. I'm sorry. Or like carrying something in your pocket that has more technology than the Apollo moon landing uh, rocket ship. 
Yeah, well, you know, it's like Louis C.K. does these bits, but and this happened to me where the most amazing thing in the world you take for granted. I remember when I got my first portable GPS with the suction cups. Yeah. I can't believe it knows what street I'm on. My yeah. God, does it know? Making a left way. And I said, I guarantee, Fred, in a month I'll take this for granted. And I do. Like, this stupid waves map. You know, yeah. why did it have me turn left? It should know Western. There's no, uh, you can't make a left, you idiot. You know, so yeah, what well, we exponentially technology in the last few years with the satellites, it's like, because I have anxiety with driving. And with, if you could tell me you have your iPhone next to you, or let's say turn left, turn right. Yeah. I mean, I moved here eight years ago and I came down here with the freaking Thomas guide. Oh yeah, in a, I'm map illiterate. In I, a in a flip phone, no smartphone. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I loved the flip the clamshells we used to call them. You loved slamming it shut, didn't you? Oh, I was like, you probably had. I used you to do the Captain guy, Kirk imitations. You were probably yeah. that guy who had it in your pocket, <laughs> like flicking Captain at it. Captain What? Start eight two seven three. Call mother. Yeah, you were. You totally were. No, I, I get massages now. I, I had them hurt a few times. She doesn't hurt. Oh, Joe's killing me right now. <laughs> it's, why did I get this? Oh, I'm Do Asians punch hurt him in the you? face because he's a guy and I feel like I'm allowed to punch a male masseuse in the face. No, I still. Ah. <laughs> oh. Yeah, you know, all right. I, I know I'm inappropriate, but my friend, his eight-year-old son, well, now he's 24 or five. No, I, I'm totally wrong with the age. But anyway. His son went to massage thing and got the thing and massaging the parents. I, that seems weird. That does seem weird. I wouldn't want to massage my parents. Yeah, obviously they're not naked, but maybe it's not obvious. Um, it's just <laughs> uh, my sister met her husband on a massage table. Really? Mm-hmm. But that's yeah. But they're not brother and sister or. <laughs> <Well>. <laughs> So that's, <laughs> but it's they, still. A baby since that sounds like massage. I'm. I met my sister on a massage table. That'd be a weird way to meet your sister. Wait a minute, we're really. It's uh, God. So Sasha, besides sexual stuff, is this your favorite, like hedonistic thing? <laughs> uh, well, David has definitely brought out the beast in me. Oh, so he turned you on to this? Yeah. Uh, and you, you'd been bef- massaged before. Yeah, no, I've I've had massages and I love massages, but I wasn't a, a, a I wasn't always in a massage table on a massage table like David. Um, and so I feel quite spoiled and lucky to be doing this now. Um, and it's fun, of course. We get to talk to hilarious people like you. Um, but my favorite thing to do is probably. I just like to watch movies. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you guys are all talking about anxiety. All this It feels like we've, you guys have talked about anxiety a lot, this podcast. Uh-huh. I wish I could smoke weed, but it just doesn't work for me. Yeah, you don't makes, like it. It makes me super paranoid. And right, I feel, I, I literally feel myself getting stu- more and more stupid. Um, but I just like to watch movies. And I actually, I get anxiety when I can't watch movies. Wow. When I have a really crazy schedule or crazy week, I hmm. I develop an anxiety like, oh, I'm missing out. I'm missing out. And not just new movies either, just movies in general. And when I travel for work. Um, That's great. You have that escape. Yeah. And like now, if I'm out, if I'm out of town, 
I, I'll be in the most beautiful place on earth, and I'll say, man, this is great, this is perfect, except I really wish I could be at a movie theater right oh, now. Oh, so it's not movies on TV, it's the theaters. Yeah, well, both. I have a, I have a pretty nice setup at home, and I also like going to the theater as well. I have a similar love for film, and... and and I do think the theater has a more therapeutic effect on my You know, it's funny with me. But um, TV is also awesome. Tell me if you relate in any way. Like, since i am sort of been around actors, it kind of ruins it because you know, oh, that guy's an asshole. Or, or you know <laughs> what I mean? Or, like, I was child surfing, and I kept popping on people who annoy me, so I had to stay with TM, with uh, Turner Classic Movies. Yeah. no one I know is going to pop up. <laughs> You ever have that where, like, and in L.A., you see billboards of, oh, that guy's an asshole. Uh, you know, I don't want to. I want to move ahead of the bus next to me with the billboard. <laughs> you ever have that where? Yeah, it's happened. Some but, things, yeah. But it's. Well, if you could escape totally. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm good at sort of letting it go. And oh, that's so good. Yeah, it's. Um, no, I just saw the Ben Affleck movie, Girl Gone or Gone Girl. Gone Girl. Gone Girl. Oh I yeah. Loved it. Yeah, it's uh, that's why I like that line when she says uh, these problems will be background noise. That when I take an edible, the things are just like a, in the real background, and it's just yeah, I like that's a good escape, and uh, it's just uh, yeah, that was a. I went I went on a double date. It was Sasha's um, uh, guy and my lady, and and at the end of it, he turns to me, he's like, "You come home with me tonight." <laughs> Like he was afraid to go home with the girl. Oh yeah, this guy saw it. With, he was he couldn't. He said he's not gonna be able to sleep. I mean, it's almost like a well, I shouldn't ruin it, but a modern day fatal attraction where oh, for sure. guys get scared. Like, be nice, or I don't know what you learn from it. But uh, yeah, I, I liked uh, the seventies. Are you a historian with movies, Sasha? Like, do you go back or? Oh yeah, definitely. I like uh, the, the conversation. Set. Yeah, yeah. Hackman. One flew. Yes. Dog Day Afternoon's my favorite. Dog yes. Day. One flew over the cuckoo's, cuckoo's nest. Those kind of gritty seventies movies. Bullet. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um. Uh, yeah, I just I liked uh, those kind of just they were kind of real. Point blank. What's that? It's like a Lee Marvin movie or. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. What was something I saw recently? Did we see an action movie recently together, David? An action movie? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, there's a lot of action movies. I like uh, <laughs> I like things about the history of L.A. of filmmaking. I just I like uh, the what was that Ryan Gosling movie Drive? I like oh, kind I of big gritty. I'm not a big fan of the big big comedy Will Ferrell that kind of genre. I don't know, but like sometimes it hits a mark, and sometimes I feel like it's not meant for me. Right, I like more things based in reality than this broad, broad, broad. But even Drive is sort of a fantasy, you know. Yeah, that the noir. criminal life isn't that romantic, I don't think. But now they say TV is almost getting better in movies with those Breaking Bad and those binge kind of, you know. Yeah, and you know, directors getting to do the whole season. Uh, Lynch is doing the whole new season of Twin Peaks, and Fincher is doing a. You know, a whole season of this BBC show called Utopia that he's bringing to the States. And True Detective did it, and Hannibal's doing it, and it just becomes right. cinematic, and it's a visual experience. And normally TV is designed for, you know, it's on, you can do the dishes, and, you know, 
and and do your housework and listen and still not miss a beat. But now some of these shows, if you're not paying attention, it's it's you might as well rewatch it because it's a cinematic experience now. Sasha, um, do, I was going to say something obnoxious, but I was going to ask you what's the most obnoxious. Do people like pre, uh, prejudge you? Go, hey, you're pretty uh, well read for a porn star. Or like, uh, do, do do you get a lot of prejudice like that? Yeah, and it's funny because it's like a backhanded compliment. Right. You know, where if They think you're just this drugged out, battered, kind of like, you know, like in a biker gang. Right, and if people really knew, the thing is that there's a lot of well-read women in in the porn industry. Right. Um, Smart, uh, direct, they direct things, they're business women. Yeah, exactly. And so I think... I think because I was so young, that's sort of how a lot of... I was so young when I started that that's how a lot of people um, presented me and it came off sort of like one-sided, which I... It's like the good with the bad, you know? So there's nothing about you that tries to... Like, I know some comedians, some women, like, they're so... uh, People say women aren't funny, I'll show them, and that becomes... So you're, you're not trying to show people, you're just doing your life. In the beginning, I I definitely was, but it's because when I started, I wanted, I was very interested in the industry, and I wanted to show people that women weren't all victims of right. this horrible, evil porn world. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, it was definitely something I wanted to put out into the world and challenge stereotypes and challenge ideas. But because I felt like I've I've done that, it that sort of internal drive or that fight and that competitiveness isn't there anymore mm-hmm. but it's because I, I I did it and so now I'm moving on to the next thing and, and to the next challenge very together for a porn star yeah <laughs> Well, like, for me, misconceptions is, why are you shy? You're an actor. You get up in front of people. You know, I hate I hate having to explain that. So, yeah. Fred, so... Uh, what I, a great, I, great Sunday. Oh, you, sh- you know, you should yeah. like, don't know what to do. There's no mail. You know, <laughs> tomorrow's no mail. It's a stupid holiday. I want a residual check or something. But this is a great Sunday. Oh. When you are doing stuff, how can people keep up with you? Are you on Twitter or anything? Twitter or Facebook or whatever, yeah. And just, What's uh, your handle? Fred underscore Stoller. Well, we're uh, at Deep Tissues at all the main places, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and Sasha's the same with her name, Sasha Gray. Yep. And I'm at David Guy Levy. Uh, don't forget to pick up Fred's book. Uh, what's the title again? One more time, Fred? Maybe you'll have me back. Maybe we'll have you back. Maybe we'll and maybe we back. will. Most importantly, don't forget to hydrate. I don't do a lot of massages. You're supposed to give it an stretch and like focus on this. Yeah, depending on how pervy you are.